four more bars. You are listening to the Intentional Talk Radio Network. It is hump day. It's time for a great show. I am your host, Colette Williams. It is time for In the Mix, conversations with Corliss and Colette. Merry Christmas. And that is sung by Tim Jones. Produced by Gary Moody. And the previous message was Kevin Henderson. They were on the Christmas special last Sunday, and it was outstanding, and I hope you had an opportunity to watch it. Absolutely outstanding. Talented, talented people. And we are so glad that they're a part of the Intentional Talk Radio Network family. Good evening, folks. I am your host, Colette Williams, right here on Conversations with Colette and Corliss. We've got a great show. This is the last show for 21, and then we get ready for a big one in 22. It'll be on and cracking. It'll be a bang-up show. So I hope you're ready. You're going to take this ride with us. We're going to have a great conversation this evening. And here is Dr. Bennett. What a day. Back to back to back to back meetings. <laughs> and the last meeting was a virtual Christmas party. <laughs> so, yeah. Crazy. Happy holidays, everyone. Happy holidays, Colette, Kenny. And Happy the, holidays. And, and the Intentional Talk Radio Network family. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. It is pouring or raining in California. California. Not right now. It, Oh, not right now. Well, it has been. Girl, that was yesterday's oh, news, that was bro. yesterday. Oh, yeah. So today you know, it was rain don't stay long. Rain don't stay long. It flooded mm. and got everybody sliding down hills and everything. And then, <laughs> and then moved on. And when I say blue sky, like nothing happened. Ooh, and then it moved on. And then it moved, it, and, it moved and it did just that. It moved right Wow. On. So then right now there's a few clouds or whatever. But it was, when I say, when I look outside, it was blue. And I was like, I mean, I haven't even been outside, but it is cold. Yeah, a high today fifty four mm. in Los Angeles. That's that's some old uh, Humboldt weather. <laughs> fifty four wow. was the high. Wow! So I'm, I'm going to step out cold. to another party after this. I have a party after this to go to uh, to make an appearance at. But it it has been um, it has been a, it's been a it's been a crazy day. It's up been my water bottle. I mean, I'm going from one party to the other. It's the been interesting. It is the holiday season, as you can see. I love to celebrate all holidays. If um, 
as possible. That's that former middle school teacher in me that likes to have, I, I have clothes for every occasion. You name it, I can dress it. 50, 50 degrees Fahrenheit, precipitation, mm-hmm. 1% humidity, mm-hmm. 54% winds. And the winds in Dallas are kicking you know what. Oh, is they that right? Ki- oh, the winds are kicking up. Yeah, winds are really, really. So kicking. as you can see, 50, that yeah. is cold for L.A. That yeah, is super, super yeah. duper freezing. And it's, it is, it is cold. Hey there, Russell Hawkins. It is, it's cold. It was yeah. 80 degrees or close to 80 degrees in Dallas today. See, and close it was 80, 80 last week. 75. You know I, mean? yeah. Yeah. I, I know when I, when I worked at the University of Southern California, also known as USC, fight on. Um, I always told when the parents came in the summer for orientation, I said, please send all your clothes with your student because we don't, unlike New York or wherever you're from, our our weather changes by the week. So it can be freezing. They're going to need a sweater. It can be cold. They can be in shorts. So in order to save you money to overnight some stuff, send everything because that's just how we roll. It's, 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 it's predictably unpredictable. Exactly. You cannot predict. That's a good way to put it. Predictably. 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 Unpredictable. Unpredictable. It It is unpredictable weather. And you can predict that, that it's unpredictable. Yes. This California weather is what you cannot count on. That's for sure. You just have to roll with it. That's why you see us in leather jackets in, in April. And then, you know, in shorts in December, you know, right. yeah. was like 78. Yeah. 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 It was. And, and who, who, who wants to do the holidays? Negative 70 and oh God. In Russia. Wait, wait a minute. Let me just ask a question. Because uh, Russell, you lived in New York, right? You grew no, up. In I'm actually, no, I'm from New York. I moved to Florida, but now I actually live in Mexico. No, I know you're I in Mexico live- now, but I mean, you were in New York. Yeah, you dealt with cold. Oh yeah, we dealt with cold. So how do you deal with negative numbers? That's what I want to know. Like nobody goes, nobody moves. Like what? Nobody moves. Fortunately, we didn't have negative numbers that often, but it would get down to like ten degrees, and pretty much, pretty much, you stayed in the house. Right. You know, pretty much. Yeah, pretty much. That was it. You got your food. And everything else, because you knew it was coming. That's why I tell people all the time that the best job on the planet is being a meteorologist, because you can get it wrong every time and still get paid. Exactly. Exactly. Right. Exactly. You can get it wrong every single time and get paid. That's why I said I don't ever listen to the meteorologist. I listen to God. (laughs) Okay. Well, the whole thing, the and they say anything about rain in California, I never believe them. But yeah, they were talking about this. Yeah. I mean, they were they were tracking it from San Francisco, and now it's in so and so. Now it's in yeah. Oxnard. It's coming, San, Mar- you know, Santa Barbara. And I was like, oh, this is serious. Yeah, and it's I interesting. Drive around, I drive around with an umbrella, a cap, a raincoat, yeah. a jacket. All that in my car. Absolutely. Yeah. If you don't have you that in know. your trunk, if you don't have that in your trunk, at least in California, there's something wrong. Because yeah, you, you all don't of those know. things could be used at any given it, moment. At any time. At any time. But and the good thing, the good thing I noticed about California is every time I was there, I never had to use air conditioning though. Okay, you just was lucky. You know, yeah, you were lucky. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, okay. you were lucky. Yeah. Because remember, <laughs> don't forget, don't forget on the east side of the country which is California, on the east side of California, it can get to 120 degrees. Oh, it's for real. Because the closer oh, yeah. you get to Arizona. Yeah. Wow. It, it, oh, yeah. It gets, it, it, it is boiling. 
It and don't forget Nevada. Boiling. You know that yes. that's the next state over the other way. Well, people yes. forget. They got to 120 this past summer. I was like, oh, how? Why? When? Yes. People yeah. forget Southern oh, California is really to, a desert. It is. I've yes. Been to Irvine and L.A. Yeah, and just mm-hmm. as Ken said, Southern California is really a desert. It really is. Oh, and it gets it. And when we were younger, when we were kids. We lived in Pasadena, and I remember it being so Pasadena hot. Pasadena gets cold, and it gets, and it gets hot, and it gets hot. I remember it getting to 120 degrees in Pasadena. I remember that. We would sleep with the door open, with the front door open. We'd sleep on the floor with that front door. door exactly. But now you can't do that. <laughs> We're just going to burn up. Ain't nobody going to leave no front door open off of Crenshaw. Now you can't Sorry. do that. Right. Now you can't I mean, do that. You, ain't no front door going to be left open off of Crenshaw. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But we did that. We could do that. In oh, Pasadena. look, 113 in, in Pasadena. In See, Pasadena. that's crazy. Yeah. That's well, 113. Yeah. That's but, why I chose to move to the part of Mexico I'm in. It's between 50 and 85 all year round. That's it. Really? Where are you near? Like, which border are you near? No, I'm... I'm three hours. I'm two and a half hours from Mexico City, so I'm I'm almost dead center in Mexico. Dead center, yeah. By, you don't have no states. There's no states that you everything. can get to. Oh, okay. Oh, wow. Wow. And you know what? I don't understand why people make a such a big deal about the weather. I just don't understand that because there's weather everywhere you go on this planet, on Mars, on Pluto, on Jupiter, on Uranus, on the moon. There is weather everywhere. That's something that we have no control over. Although we certainly have everything to do with global warming. That's our responsibility. That's our fault. But we, God controls the weather, not us. So how is it people really put a whole well, lot of stock thing. into weather. Well, I'll tell you one thing. Well, let, let me say hi to everybody right now. What's going on? I had a hard time uh, logging on, but I'm here now. I just they saw said, you. I said, honey, they you said. said. I'll tell you one thing. Um, I agree with what you said as far as the weather, but I've been to England. I don't want that weather at all. What, what's <laughs> going on there? It's rainy the whole yeah. time. Every time I've gone there, it's rainy and cloudy like all the time. All the time. Must be yeah. depressed all the time, too. There's, a, that can yeah. be Let me tell you There's a reason why that term London fog was invented. It's ah, like. Ah, the cold. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And my okay. daughter studied in London and she said that it was always uh, rainy, always cold, be, always huh? foggy. But she didn't yeah. complain about the weather and because she also grew up at San Jose State. Right. So she was in Northern California. So she was accustomed to it. And then we lived. In San Dimas, right. it snowed in San Dimas. It snowed in Moreno Valley. When did it snow in San Dimas? Oh, back in 19... Okay, that's what I... There to... it is. That, that yeah, first yeah, yeah. part. Back in. Because I was like, it ain't snowing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah back, in, back in the day, it snowed in San Dimas. It snowed right. in one time in Moreno Valley. You know what? You're right. Um, I was in Riverside, yeah. and I came outside my apartment, and I was like, oh, that was the first time I had seen snow. I was like, yeah, was that yeah. snow? And like, don't forget snowing in Riverside. That's right. And don't forget when it snowed in Watts of all places. That yeah, that was mm. that was yeah, that was yes. crazy. Don't that forget was, it's that snowed. was recently, like within the last ten years, right? Yes, within the last I ten that. years. I remember yes. that. And I was at Markham Markham Middle School, and nobody could believe that. Oh yeah, it I remember snow. that. Yeah, I was yeah. like, oh my god, what the hell yeah. is going on? Yeah, yeah. But again. We make a big deal out of the weather. But there's weather it's, it's, everywhere. It's just so let me let me say this. Uh, 
you know, so first of all, guys, I'm traveling, so if we get spotty at, at, at times, forgive me. And uh, you mentioned something earlier with regards to global warming, right? So what we're seeing right now with these, with these weather patterns are more extreme, you know, weather. Whether you're having droughts in places that didn't have droughts, you're having right. floods in places that didn't have floods. But more importantly, when you have, you know, like look at what just happened in Kentucky. Right? Yes, you, yes. Look at what just and, yes. and, and when you and and Russell, you, you you lived in Florida. There was a time Florida would get maybe one or two hurricanes, and then it got to where not only were the hurricanes more severe, but now we have hurricane season. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And it's it's get the the storms are getting bigger, they're getting stronger. And for the topic, and I don't know if you guys ever delved into the topic of today, this what what we're doing with global warming and what we're doing with, with when it comes to our health and, and, and all that stuff has to do a lot with voting. The people you put in power, like you know, oftentimes when I talk to uh, different groups, I'm like, okay, imagine where we would be as a nation and the type of uh, uh, you know, correlation, uh, 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 correlation we would have built by now had we had President Gore as opposed to President Bush, whose family comes from oil. Well, you have, to remember, yeah. you have to remember, and you have to remember, this new in, drug-free in, in Florida, we only have hurricanes because of the Democrats. It doesn't exist as far as global warming, remember? <laughs> That's what the said. <laughs> said. Right. Yeah. Because yeah, of the Democrats. One, yeah. One stood on the Senate floor with a snowball in his hand and said, what global warming? I have snow in my hand. Yeah. And when you don't have people right. who listen to science, I mean, we've been in this pandemic now for going on two damn years because we had somebody in the leadership in one side that was like, it's all a hoax, even after he got it. Right. Actually, we're going to actually we're going into year three. It's over two years. Right. And, right. and then when he got it, he went to Walter Reed, which most of us won't get. He got that top notch alien DNA they gave him, which most of us won't get to. And he goes back. His entire family, including his young son, is vaccinated, but he's over there telling people you don't have to get vaccinated. And Russell, you can help me understand this. How is it that this dude could stand there and be the complete contradiction of everything he's telling? And these fools are just following him and, 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 and those like him right down the, the rabbit hole. How, how does that happen? Explain this to me like I'm a two-year-old because I don't get this. Yeah. Yeah, and and everything that yeah, I'm sorry. The easiest way to explain it is stupidity. (laughs) Yeah, that's the easiest way to explain it. But the other thirty-two million stupid people like that, though. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Hey, say you know what I hey you know what I always say like the saying goes: it's easier to fool people than to convince them they have been fooled. Yeah, it really is, and it's and it's a shame. And this, Mark Twain said that. Yeah, but listen, this is what we're looking at now in Kentucky. This is a clear in-your-face demonstration of what is happening and with global warming. Look at Kentucky, decimated. Look at this. This is this is when you look at this Kentucky. Is this is this is the this is what the new normal is going to look like. Yeah, and and you know what? That is horrible and scary. And and if, if you've been listening, if you've been listening to the news. There, there will be another lockdown. It's coming. Oh, yeah. Don't be surprised. There will be another lockdown because, as Ken just said, we're going into the third year. The numbers are going up. The new, the new 
Omicron is getting ready to take off. Uh, Cornell University is shut down. Other universities are shutting down, and they're saying that kids are going to go home and spread this. So we're in for some real, real tidal waves, and people just are not ready because they'd rather be stupid than to be smart. Let's go quickly to uh, Chauncey. He's got a comment. Go ahead, Chauncey. Thank you. Good evening, everyone. And uh, my name is Chauncey Brown, but you pronounce my Hebrew name, Yisha Yahu Ben Yahuda. Okay, thank you. I was like, I don't speak Chauncey. Yeah, Yisha Yahu. It's Isaiah in English. Isaiah. Isaiah. Thank everyone for allowing me to come on. As I'm listening to this conversation, and uh, we were talking about global warming, uh, one of the pieces that we're missing in the conversation is I want to step outside of, uh, of Earth and go into the atmosphere for a second. We are going through, uh, what do you call it, a solar transition in our solar system in the 5,000-year cycle. And what's happening is the gravitational pull of the outer planets are pushing against our planet. That's why we are having the masses amount of tsunamis, earthquakes, because of the pressure from the other solar system pushing in towards Earth. Yes, you know, humans have done a devastating effect to this planet, but I'd be short of saying that I don't think that this planet's been here for billions of years, that what we've done in a hundred years since we've had industry have created that amount of change. In addition, what they talk about in climate change is carbon monoxide. Carbon monoxide is extremely important for photosynthesis of plants. So while we talk about global warming and we talk about carbon monoxide or carbon dioxide, they're used to help replenish the plant. So I know it's a political talking point. And yes, we all need to play our role as far as trying to keep our planet safe, but it's greater than us. Um, It's outside of our realm of controlling uh, what's happening with our weather because it's planetary. It's not just, it's not just what's going on here on earth. No, and and it is, and I believe wholeheartedly, and I'll let you go in a second, Russell. I believe wholeheartedly that it this is bigger than we can imagine. And as I said, when we were deep into COVID, I believe wholeheartedly that the Lord our Father has said enough amen. is enough. Sister. Enough is enough. Sister, that's ex- yes, Amen. Okay. That's exactly what I wanted to add to it. Is that. We should be looking to the heavens for God at this point rather than pointing the finger at man, because right now, this ain't the time, you know, because the time is at hand. Uh, And like we see the violence, everything, the corruption, the pornography, I can go on and on. Yeah. You know, uh, we are living in those times where we need to see God because the time is at hand. And there's a there's a scripture and an article about that very thing. We have we have decided not to humble ourselves. And if Amen. man does not humble himself to God, it, it can get worse. We don't want it to get any worse. Go ahead, Russell. Go ahead. Okay. Here's the difference. I agree with everything Chauncey, Chauncey, Chauncey. said as far as photos. Right. He said as far as photosynthesis. However, there is a section of this that we do have to blame man. When you look at the different layers of the ionosphere, the hemisphere and all of that, he, he's correct as far as that. But as far as 
what's what's helping global warming and other parts as far as the hemisphere, which actually affects the black community even faster. All of these corporations that are letting loose things into the air, they do this and build their plants and corporations in disenfranchised neighborhoods. And more than likely, that's why you see cancer rates, you see breathing problems, a lot of re other respiratory illnesses and stuff in disenfranchised areas. And most of those areas are black areas. And that's why a lot of us have sickness as well. So yes, there is a part where religion does play a part in this as far as faith, but until that part happens, and as far as what the solar system is doing, we are doing our part on this planet as far as man is destroying it. I, I agree, Russell, and to add to that, you're absolutely right. They are using chemtrails, okay, right. chemicals. And, yeah, I, I know about that. You're absolutely, but the thing yeah, is. I was just saying general no, no, with it, but yeah. No, no, right. no, no, you're absolutely, no, no, you're absolutely correct. And I understand that's happening as well, but that's happening without us knowing about it allegedly but they're trying to blame but they're trying to blame the average people for while we have global change but it's really the government right you know like you're talking about like you said of course the weather now i'm concerned about if uh these viruses and these vaccines are meant to kill black people because well, that's, their version, that's their version of natural selection i'm that's sorry that's their version of natural selection Okay. Just right. kind of got FYI, you. guy, what you guys, what you're looking at on the screen, that's called Shingle Mountain. That is old shingles from you know, when you take the shingles off your house. And this is dumped on the east side of Dallas in the heavily black and Hispanic area near Mesquite. And this has been there for years and they just keep dumping it. And all the toxins that are coming out of that are getting to the people. Now, I think they're in the process of getting rid of it because people have been very vocal about the problems. But this is what they do in the black and brown communities. They dump this crap in there, and then we have to deal with it. But I'll let you guys go ahead. Well, I concur pretty much with everything Chauncey's saying. Okay. And vice versa, okay. Russell. And vice versa. Thanks. But that's also where I say that we we that shows the importance of voting and also not just voting, but being knowledgeable about your surroundings, whether that means going to plant planning commission meetings and boards and find out what's in your area. Like I said, I've lived in staunch Republican neighborhoods and you would think they had a fire sale every time voting came up. I don't care if they were voting for judges, the door catcher or whatever. In black neighborhoods, we have to stop voting every four years. Because I say this over and over again, what happens in, in your community is going to affect you on that level much faster than the federal level. So things like that getting dumped into your neighborhood, stuff like that, you can fight that faster on a local level by voting who you need in to, to combat that as opposed to just waiting for the government to do it. Because the government isn't going to do it. Amen. Amen. That's absolutely right. And we have to stop waiting for the government to do it. We have right. to, because the government is going to do what's good for the government, not what's good for the people. That's right. clear. It's evident. It's obvious. When are you going to learn? And especially for Black people, why do we still wait for the government to give us programs? Why are we still doing that? that, that we should say enough is enough because it isn't working. So we should take charge of our own destiny, our narrative, 
And that's why we, our line here is we're changing the narrative. We have to change the narrative because if we don't, See, I don't know. go ahead. I'm sorry. I, I don't know what everyone's political affiliation is on this show, but this is how, this is how I roll. Well, I've never had any party affiliation, but this is how I roll. As far as the government, protect my civil rights. And other than that, get out of the way. I, yeah. I personally don't, I personally don't need you for anything else because anything else that you are trying to do for me in actuality is hindering me. So just protect my civil rights. Black people have been resilient since the beginning of time. So as long as you protect our civil rights and, and, and free us to do what we need to do, we'll be okay. But that's not what they want. They want us to look at them like daddy so that, that, that way they can perpetuate us as children and try and control us with emotion and giving us handouts. And we're supposed to be happy with that. We're supposed well, to be happy with that. Right, but apparently, by the way, history is showing, that's what we've been happy with because and we're not yes, asking for anything more. And we should be doing it for ourselves. Yep. It's time for us to do it for ourselves. How yep. many years, how many decades are we going to say we need programs, programs, programs? We've had programs. What have the programs done for us? Seriously. Absolutely. Absolutely nothing. But the absolutely thing is. Absolutely nothing. Right. But the thing is, and like I said, this is why I've always said Black people as a voting block need to go independent because the Democratic Party has had the Black vote for over 50, 60 years. And we are still in the same situation that we've been in since 56. No, 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 no. We're in the worst position. Okay, we're worse. But either way, either way, either way, it's last place. Correct. And that's by design. And so, sorry, I cut out real quick. I'm jumping back in. So the topic of today is about how voting affects everything. And Russell just kind of just kind of hit on that. Right. Um. We are the only group of people in this country that operates autonomously, right? Okay, okay, when, okay. When Jewish okay. people, when Asian people, when gay people, when, when women want something done, they go out, they make their voices heard, and they don't stop until they get what it is that they're looking for. We're the only ones that go out, will vote for Democrats, will vote you know, for Republicans, will vote for this, will vote for that, and nothing happens. Yeah. Right, they'll promise yeah. you everything because I've been I've been doing and and Cornice will tell you this I've been doing this for a very long time where I'm going to these neighborhoods and I'm going to these schools and I'm going to these places and telling people the importance of voting and then they'll turn around and say to me well what's the point because nothing ever changes and it's getting to the point where I can't refute that right 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 so Russell and I have talked about this at length and as you guys can tell me and Russell talk about everything excuse me Russell and I talk about everything under the sun. And I have said this before, Corliss have listened to me said this, uh, say this before, we need to not just go independent, but just for like, take a certain number of, 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 uh, 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 of elections, take them off and vote for the complete third party, no matter who that is. And someone might say, someone has said to me in the past, well, that's throwing away your vote. What are you doing with it now? Pretty much. What has changed, what has, what has changed in your life? voting for this person, voting for that person. You know, you vote for the same councilman, for the same alderman, the same 
senators. This ain't, and nothing in your life changes. You talk about global warming. You talk about the pressure that's being put on the planet Earth. But that, that gravitational pull is not what's cutting down the trees. That's not what's killing five species per second on this planet. That's not what's destroying the, the, the trees that would naturally heal us from our diseases. Instead, Big Pharma comes in. They've been fighting uh, the, the, the cannabis industry for the last 1,500 years, making it, was it Nixon that made it like a gateway drug and, and, and changed was, the classifications it was, of it? It was Nixon and Reagan that made it yeah. a gateway drug. So, it wasn't a drug prior to that. And they did oh, that. They did that to control black people. They right. did that and to control that, black and, people. And now that white, Asian, gay, and, 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 and women are, are using cannabis, now it's medicinal. Now right. it's legal in New York. Now it's legal right. in California. Now yeah. it's legal in Oregon and Washington. Yeah. But when and, it was sending us to prison, Right. When opioids, when the crack epidemic was going on, and, and Russell, I know you was in the thick of it. I was in New York when that was going on. Right. Going right. to the playground, all you did was step on a little crack. You crunch, crunch, crunch. That's all you heard. Yeah. yeah. Well, we, guess we, we what? Were just being, we were just being sent to prison. But now exactly. it's an opioid thing. Now all of a sudden, now they're opening hospitals. Because now it's all the it's all the middle middle of the country. It's the southern yes. states. It's these, it's, it's these whites. And these Asian kids that are not getting addicted, fentanyl is killing them. Now right. all of a sudden it's a problem. Right. And so again, right. I keep bringing. I'm sorry, guys. I keep bringing it back to voting because right. as long as we continue doing what we're doing, we're going to keep getting the same thing. The definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over. It is completely our fault why our neighborhoods are the way that they are because. Point. We don't vote. We don't vote enough on the local level. We talk yep. more than we do. We talk more than we do, and yep. then what we need to do is start voting on a local level and holding these politicians accountable. What they need to do is, when you see a politician in your area, tell that politician don't say anything about the other side. Just tell us what you're going to do. Because these politicians win elections. I don't have to tell you anything I stand for. All I got to do is demonize the other side. And I see every election cycle, even at the federal level, where all they do is tell black people, well, you know what? We'll promise you a few things, but you don't want the other side in because you know what? If they get back in, that's going to be the closest you guys get back to slavery. And that's all they got to do is throw out connotations like that. And they whip black people into shape just like that. So we need to start telling them, listen, this is what we need. We don't want to hear what you think about the other side. Just tell us what you're going to do, and we're going to hold you accountable. That's it. And and guess what? It doesn't cost any money to do that. And we don't hold anybody accountable. That's what we were talking about last night on last night's show. We don't hold anybody accountable. We say, oh, well. We give our votes away. We give our information away. We give our strength away. We give everything away. And we do not hold anybody accountable. We turn our head, turn our cheek. And as Michelle Obama said, when they go low, we go high. And it gets us nowhere. The we other go thing, high up into the ether and we get nothing. The other thing is that we don't, we don't, we don't and, and understand. Heard me say this before. I'm sorry, I don't go high. They say, if you're not going to kick a man when he's down, well, when do you kick him? When he gets back up and gets strong? No. Yeah, you can't, you can't, you got to stop taking a knife to a gunfight. But the other thing is that we really have to understand what we need to bring to the table. We don't bring what we need to the table. We have the economic uh, uh, 
prowess to do it, but we just don't yeah. understand it. We don't come together collectively and utilize our economic prowess to get what we want. Other people take things to the table. They understand they have to be involved in the system. They have to be involved in voting. They have to be involved. Many of us don't want to get involved, and that leaves the, the, the ones of us that want to get involved that group is so much smaller. And that's what we're trying to do is get that group bigger and bigger and actually take something to the table. And when we say, okay, we're not going to do something, we're going to boycott, we're not going to go to Nordstrom, we're not going to go to Neiman Marcus, we're not going to go to Target, Walmart, whatever. When that stopped, when, when, when a giant, giant cluster of black people stopped doing that, stopped going to McDonald's, stopped buying Nike shoes, stopped buying Jordans, people will stand up and take note because they will see... I believe our spending power, I think it's $3 trillion a year in the black community. $3.6 trillion. And we can't can't leverage that? Yeah. yeah. We need to be able to leverage that. If we were a country, if we were a country, we would be something like the seventh largest country on the planet. Correct. And to that point, exactly what you just said, sir, is exactly what I'm talking about when it comes to voting. Leverage your finances, you leverage your votes in that same exact way. The formula's out there. How did the evangelicals take over the GOP? They mm-hmm. started, like Russell said, with school board elections, mm-hmm. then aldermen, and then states, then they state. Now they control all the state legislatures. Here's a statistic that you need to understand, and, 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 and all you have to do is replace money with the examples I want to give with votes. When an Asian person earns, and, 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 and Russell has heard this from me a million times, when an Asian person earns a dollar in the United States of America, that dollar stays in that Asian community for one month. When a white person earns a dollar in the United States of America, that dollar stays in the white community for two weeks. Right. When a black person earns a dollar in the United States of America, that dollar stays in the black community for six hours. That's it. And on top of that... A quarter of a day. And on, and, 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 and not to interrupt you, Russell, but on top of that, the stuff that we do buy <laughs> is not us. Yeah. And, 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 not us. But, but the Our other part is not us. Right. But the other part of that is said those numbers are being shared everywhere, everywhere. Of course. But the of interesting course. but the interesting thing is that it doesn't change anything in our communities. It doesn't but change you know what, the way we behave. It doesn't change the way. Here's it, a question. Here's a question I'll change, ask you. It doesn't change the way we spend. It doesn't change what we do or how we think. There are a whole lot of black folks that think that does not apply to me. Well, I'll tell you what. The one place that that information isn't shared is in the black community. Because I'll it, tell it you what. No, I, it's, shared in the, it's shared in the black community. But they already mm-hmm. know we don't read. That's why they share it. It's shared in the black community, but it's a known fact all over the planet. Black folks don't read, especially in this country. In Africa, they read not here, but not here. Let, let, let me add this. When my son was about when my son was nine years old, I had been prepping him from the time he was he was you can talk. Hey man, when you when you turn nine, you're gonna start your own business. When you turn nine, you're gonna start your own business. My son uh uh turned nine, he and I sat down and we were out of business plan. He and I sat down and looked at a P&L sheet so you'd be able to read that. What's that? What's the P&L? It's private and losses. And what is this? Oh, that's your overhead. Net profit, gross profit, all this kind of stuff. He, of course, went to school and was sharing that with some of his friends. He's like, oh, I started my own business. You know, my dad has me learning, learning how to write a business plan. 
it was a black parent that came up to me and told me that was a form of child abuse. <laughs> and when I asked her, what? The mom, I was like, what about that? It's child abuse. And she said to me, he should be riding his bike. He should be playing video games. He's a kid. You shouldn't have him doing this. I'm like, let me understand this straight. I spend 20 minutes a week to teach my son this thing. And you consider that child abuse. You that- put your son in front, you put your son in front of the Xbox for, for five to six hours a day. Yes. But that is a good childhood. Fast forward about a month later, the school, the, the, uh, uh, his fourth or fifth grade teacher decided they were going to split the kids up into groups of three and four so they could write out a business plan, do a business, and they were raising, it was for a fundraiser, and whatever money they raised from their business, half of it would go to the group of kids, the other half would go to the PTA. Okay, okay. So well- my son was put in a group of four. Guess who wrote his, the business plan for his group? So we, so the, the, the business that they did was they did heart, heart shaped cookies and, 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 and brownies, and they put themselves in front of uh, Chase Bank on Valentine's Day to sell these things. My son okay. gets up there, he gives his spiel, and the, and, the, and the gentleman that he gave his spiel to was like, wow, young man, that's an incredible thing. I can't believe you're doing this. Congratulations. But unfortunately, I don't have any cash on me. Without missing a beat, my son goes, sir, do you have your wallet? And he goes, yeah. My son goes, standing in front of a, a, a bank, sir, there's three ATMs right here. Huh? And this yeah. man went into the ATM, took out a $20 bill, handed that to my son, and said, I don't even want the damn cookies. That was worth it for me. Okay. And listen to this, Sid. The truth about so Hold on. Black- let, me finish, let me finish the story. Let me finish the story. So, of course, that gets around the school. And, of course, his team, SETI's team won the, 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 the contest. That same mother came up to me. And I'm like, hey, the next time you guys do something like that, you know, we really would like to be involved. I'm like, how would you like to be involved? Do you want to sit, come come through every Friday from 3.30 to 4.30 for us to go over this? She goes, well, I don't know if I want to do all that. I'm like, then I don't want you anywhere near anything I'm doing. Because you want to come and, come and hang out, but you want to put in the work. Mm. Well, okay. you've heard that old saying, don't argue with fools. You've heard that old saying, don't argue with fools, because from a distance, nobody can tell who's who. Right. Yeah. Okay. But but <laughs> remember, remember, we are, it has been written, it has been discussed, it's been talked about. The dialogue is about Black buying power, Black spending power. And this article addresses uh, disproportionately that African-Americans are interested in fashion goods. It is a known fact how black folks spend money. Black folks spend money on fashion. But, but read the rest of this. This is the okay. truth about black buying power. African-Americans are disproportionately interested in fashion goods, but brands must end the scourge of shopping while black to seize the opportunity. Now, not stop the scourge of shopping while black because it's wrong, but stop the scourge of shopping while black because they're missing an opportunity. That's it. That's it. So, I got one, okay, I got one but, even better. Okay, if but you wait a minute. Like I'm sorry, if you want to shop like that, go ahead. But at what point do you own it? Right. But, yeah, but that's the problem. We don't own it, so that's remember, the problem. Right. And remember, these folks who are out there spending money are buying Nikes. 
they're buying That's what I'm talking about. Right, right they're buying nikes they're buying what's the name of that champagne that black folks just lost the their minds of yeah lost their minds over that and there's that is not a big thing honey that is not a big thing but black folks lost their mind over crystal why okay it is a known fact that black folks spend money on clothing on tennis shoes on ostentatious junk jewelry right and they don't buy books because we're the easiest don't to, buy because black folks don't easiest, buy books right we're the and, and, right and and look at black consumers are the number one ethnic group in watching live tv playing yep. game consoles smartphone media consumption and streaming audio and we get nothing with it and black right. folks don't own how many black folks own a media company three right three and you've three. heard you've heard the old the old joke if you want to hide something from black people put it in a book see but here's my here's my thing let's say if you were completely illiterate let's say if that were true and you were completely illiterate and you spend all of your time watching the idiot box well guess what the idiot box just showed you that when black people vote biden got in stacy abrams uh is running mobilized black people and the black vote time and time again has come through and changed the elections so even if you didn't read anything you can look at the idiot box and see how important your vote is but really those people who are watching the idiot box who do not understand that also feel that that information goes way over their head it doesn't apply to them okay yeah, yeah you got i used to say the same thing about my cousins you guys live here and watch you don't you're in it you don't have to be of it don't you watch tv okay but just because they watch tv does not mean they're going to change the way they think it does not mean that they're going to change their mindset yes it's in front of them 24 7 they don't think that has anything to do with them it doesn't apply to them maybe they need to watch less of it then okay and see what's going on around them okay but it's not going to matter because those are the things that don't apply those are the things that don't apply i got to go get my uh-uh no it's, it's getting ready to be new year's i i got to go get my chitlin uh-uh, i gotta put my chitlin no okay no we're not thinking about educating our young we're not thinking about making sure that they have a solid foundation that ain't what we're doing and Just most like other the, cultures do most other cultures I, do they put education first most other cultures do and we don't and, we, exactly. and, and because, we're, go ahead, Russell. Because Black people make up 46.9 million percent, which is, uh, there's 46.9 million of us. So that's about 14 percent of, uh, of us. Population. Right. And when you look at that, I was reading something the other day, 70 percent of all the children in the United States have two-parent households. Only 42% of Black children have both parents in, in their household. And 51% of them only have one parent. And out of, the, and out of those two parents in the household, uh, there's about 4 or 5% of them that are not married. Um, if they start putting education first and putting the family unit back together, a lot of that will change. But like you said, the mind state has to change. Now, hopefully... Hopefully, if we keep talking about this and beating it into people, it'll be like propaganda where if they continue to hear it over and over and over and over again, you're not going to save everybody, but at least 
other people will know that there are people like us in this movement that are thinking like them. So they don't feel like they're alone in this. Hopefully. And, and, and that's the point. And, and that's the greater point, right? Everybody's hit on the same point. And, and I think it's, it's worth reiterating. It's, it's important to have shows like this. It's important for us to talk about these types of topics and it's important for them to hear it over and over and over again. Because I remember like, if you sit back, you can sit back and think about when you were a kid, all the commercials from when you were a kid, you still memorize because they were on all the time, 24 right. seven. And when we're talking about when, we, and, and the story that I just shared with you guys to me is a microcosm of what's going on. Mm-hmm. I took the time to say, let me teach my son these skill sets. First of all, I don't understand why this woman felt the need to say anything to me in the first place. But she really right, felt right. righteous in coming to tell me that what I was doing was, was child abuse. She was upset because she felt that your son had something over her son. That's all that is. Right. But my whole, and, that, and, that, and that jealousy is another thing that crushes us. And, and Russell, you remember me talking about, about, you know, when I was telling you about my, my sports drink and, 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 and even now with right. the app that I'm building, I right. had to stop talking to certain people about it because I literally told this dude, I was like, hey, I'm working on this app. Da, da, da. The first thing out of his mouth is like, that ain't going to work. I'm like, you don't even know what it is yet. He goes, ain't nobody going to buy no, no app from a nigga. Oh. Yeah. oh. This is a college educated, another college educated black man. That said that to me. And I looked at him, I was like, it's all good. I'm like, but you go on Facebook, you go on TikTok, you because if I build it, it's gotta be it's gotta be some bullshit. But Zuckerberg builds it, Bill Gates builds it, it has to be good. You know what that is? You know what that is? The white man's ice is colder syndrome. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Right. And we fall into that. Right. We fall into that. And if you guys want to not... be, if you guys want to be upset and cry or whatever, like I just did, you watch a show on Netflix called A Men. It's hosted mm-hmm. by Will Smith and about mm-hmm. 15 other actors and actresses, white, black, Asian, all the above. It was talking about the 14th Amendment and how it was made so that black people could not become citizens of the United States. And right. even when they were, when they were given citizenship, the federal government has to think in the 14th Amendment that says the government can't harm you, but if a private citizen harms you, that's it. If a private citizen harms you, we can't do anything about that. That created the Ku Klux Klan. Mm-hmm. And every single time a black community was set up where there was a black town, that was one example that uh, one example that they use of a, of a man that created uh, a grocery store. And the grocery store was doing so well that it started... Uh, cutting into the 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 the, the white man's freaking uh, grocery store within less than a day they went into that grocery store killed him broke and burned down his grocery store nothing happened and the worst example of what they used excuse me russell the worst example of what they used was this they go during slavery times the the white man was more interested in breaking the will the psyche so yes they would use violence on their bodies but they needed their bodies to still be operable and be able to pick that cotton and shove all that all that stuff but once they were freed that's when the lynching started because when they were when they quote unquote owned the slaves they wouldn't kill them because they needed them because that was them losing an investment but once they were freed that's when they were like we don't need to keep these people around no more we can kill them and all of a sudden lynchings and picnics and all these other things were happening 
And at the end of the day, we have to start voting for our own interests. We got to start keeping our, uh, our, our finances, our economics in our own, uh, in our own neighborhoods. Everything, everything that you just described stemmed from the Willie Lynch papers. And I tell people all the time, if you're black, you need to look into the history and just know between buck breaking the islands, as far as slavery, even the slaves that were taken from over here and taken to the islands like Jamaica to have them broken, their spirit broken, and then sent back. You need to read about the Marlin Commission report. There's like so many intricate things that are still prevalent today that this generation has no idea from whence it came. Everything from COINTELPRO, the Willie Lynch papers, all of that. And the thing is, if, like the saying goes, if you don't know your history, you don't know where you're going. And a lot of these people don't know what's going on, but the same stuff is happening over and over again, like Seb was talking about. You're destined uh, to repeat it, yes. The guy, right, like Seb was talking about, the guy that his store was doing better than the white man's store. The 13th and 14th Amendment covers all of this. And that's another reason why they, they enjoy incarcerating Black people, because once you're, you're, once you're on record for being incarcerated, you have no rights. And via the Constitution, you are still considered a slave. If you read the 13th and the 14th Amendment, that is still in there and it is still prevalent today. And, but, right. and that's why, but, that's why, that's why um, Ava DuVernay did the movie 13. Yeah. Okay. 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 She yep. did the movie 13. And you would think that after movies such as 13 and Birth of a Nation and all of the other movies that have chronicled things that have happened to the Black community, to Black people, to during slavery, and nothing is, it, it isn't fictional, it's reality. It's put, reality put into pictures. But you would think that it would change the mindset of people in our community. And it and just you- doesn't. It doesn't. And Preston Holmes, who is another uh, member of the ITRN family, I had a conversation with Preston Holmes. He was hotter than fish grease because people did not want to look at Birth of a Nation and the. It was an outstanding black, movie. Yeah, it was. And black people came up against him, came up against him in the movie. He was completely outraged and it was black women especially and I was I met him at a restaurant and he I had to calm him down I said please give him some food because he needs to calm down but he was right in being outraged because black folks just don't get it black directors and producers are telling a story a real story is it interesting Black folks want to throw it off they want to shun it like it doesn't matter there's an interesting thing if you think about this Poor black folks live in government-assisted projects. Poor white folks live in trailer parks. Now think about that for a second. You know, because white folks, they value that freedom. They don't want the government telling them what to do. They may not own that land, but at least they own that trailer, and they feel like they've got some level of freedom. Many black folks, not everybody, many black folks are perfectly okay with the, with the, with the government whether it's Section 8 or, or whatever it is, taking care of them, being being part of, 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 of what is going to help them survive. Just like the lady that uh, when uh, Hurricane Katrina and everybody had to go down to the, the um, stadium 
and they interviewed this black woman and she said the government told us to come down here and then they didn't tell us what to do. So they were okay. sitting there waiting for someone to tell them what to do. Mm. And part of them, the reason, well, and the reason I bring up this, this, uh, uh, this article right here about more black people buying guns, more black people have been buying guns in the past few years than anybody else. They've been buying more during the pandemic. And of that demographic, black women are buying more guns than mm-hmm. black men. There may mm-hmm. be something to that with regard to what you were saying, Russell, about being incarcerated and things like that. But more black people are buying guns. But see, and see, protecting yourself is a foundation of being free and being independent. And see, we keep relying. We don't like the police. The police don't like us, but they keep coming into our communities. But we won't even protect our own communities. Okay, and part. Let me just finish with this. Part of the problem is, is many of us are stuck in these big cities, L.A., Chicago, New York, Detroit, Philadelphia, stuck in the cities. And those cities have the highest, the strictest gun laws and people cannot protect themselves. And that is fundamental to being independent and and free. And there's a reason for that. There is a, a reason for that. Don't put a legal gun in a black man's hand. Don't do that. Here's the bigger issue also. Black people have to stop believing and being told that all of this stuff that has happened to them was way in the past. Because you know what? Jim Crow, the civil rights and all of that was in the 60s, right? It started in the 60s, right? So they have a lot of Black people believing, well, that was back in the 60s. Well, guess what? The Holocaust was in the 40s. There's so many other atrocities that happened long before the Jim Crow era. I don't ever hear anybody telling the Jews, well, why don't you get over the Holocaust? Yeah. Or or get or Japanese get over being in concentration. Pearl Harbor. Yeah. Right, exactly. Pearl Harbor. So, right. so black people are being conditioned. Even when you look at the music. When we grew up, when you heard music, a album, an album, an artist can tour five, ten years on an album. Now music comes out six months later, that's an oldie. So everything is is taught us, forget about your history, why you keep bringing that up, move forward, and it doesn't matter until it matters. Right, that's absolutely- To that point, point, Russell, there's a couple of nuggets there. Number one, let's look at, let, let, let's look at what a black person experiences from the time they come home from the hospital after being born. Because mm-hmm. they did this, they did, they, they did a study, they, they showed you what a black child goes through, what a white child goes through. Born on the same day, same hospital, they go to a separate home. Uh, when uh, the white GIs came back from the war, Long Island, and, and Russell, you, you'll attest to this, most of Long Island was developed in the white suburb, suburb. The Long white Island Lemon. Railroad was, was, was created for that. Right. Okay, my, my ex-wife's father went to the Korean War when the shit was over. He right. came back, he bought, he, uh, the, the, the GI Bill gave him the down payment for his house. Twelve thousand dollars was the was the cost of the house back then. The Long, Long Island Railroad was 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 built so he can get to work every day. Okay, his black right. counterpart came back from the same war, was not allowed to go to Levittown, was not allowed to go to Iceland, right. was not allowed to go to those places. He was he had to go to Harlem. Well, plus that same GI Bill, that same GI Bill that you're talking about. All of those perks did not apply to black people. No, they did. That's what I'm saying. That's that's exactly what I'm saying. So fast forward 30, 40, 50 years, that $12,000 house is now worth $1.3 million. uh, $1.3 million. 
Right. Meanwhile, the dude in Harlem is still paying rent in that same place in Harlem. So there's what we have to understand is this thing is insidious. This thing is corrupt. This thing is rotten to the fucking core. Excuse my mm. French. There's a point where it's 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 very much we have to take responsibility for ourselves, right? So you go out, you spend five thousand dollars on a pair of shoes. That's you <laughs> gotta take responsibility for that. But at the same time, but at the same time, we have to turn around and hold the system accountable for what they what 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 they've done as well. Okay, so I have a, something for you. Three, something. There's a three prong attack with that. Sure. Okay, look at it like this. Back in in uh, I think it must have been early 2000, I don't remember exactly when, but remember when Bill Cosby went on a crusade around the country to tell people to stop buying $200 tennis shoes and you live in government housing and your kids can't afford to eat, you don't work, you got all kinds of issues. Stop buying $200 tennis shoes. Buy a book, go to the library, pull your pants up, learn how to have some dignity. Then Bill Cosby went to NBC because he wanted to buy NBC. NBC was for sale. He wanted to go there, buy NBC. He had $4.3 billion. He had an entourage with him. They said, go back, bring us your entourage and your money and your plan, and we'll let you know then. He did everything that they said he should do. They would not let him buy NBC. They sold it to Ted uh, Turner. Right. Okay. For less. For less. Okay. Then they said, you know what? You're doing too much. You don't need to tell folks to pull up their pants. You don't need to tell people to stop buying tennis shoes. So the arguments, and I saw arguments on camera where Bill Cosby was telling kids and boys, especially black boys, pull your pants up. Why are you wearing your pants down around your ankles? And then you run from the police and you get shot because they swear you have a gun. So why do you have your pants down around your ankles? You don't know how to read. You can't read, but you're not doing anything to better yourself. What happens? Look at that. Okay. Look at that crap. Okay. So what happens to Bill Cosby? What happens to Bill Cosby? And, And we can only go by what they tell us. Bill Cosby was arrested, convicted, and did time in prison. And they're mad because he got out. They're mad because now he's out. Okay, hold on, Russell. They're mad because he's out. So Mm -hmm. Bill Cosby could not do what he intended to do because he wasn't supposed to do that. And that's the system I'm talking about. Yeah, but here's the problem with that. Okay, Bill Cosby was more of our generation. So when he started talking about... um, don't buy $200 sneakers and stuff like that. At the same time that he was talking to the younger demographic, Michael Jordan and Spike Lee, that at the time that we're dealing with the younger demographic was saying, buy them. So that so a lot of the younger kids are going to listen to Michael Jordan and Spike Lee over Bill Cosby. But that's one other thing. The thing is, is this. Bill Cosby was not allowed to buy NBC. Oh. But since then, right, but since then, you've had Black stars that have had their own networks like Oprah and even uh, other people that right instead of putting on poignant programming that really could have benefited us they stuck with stuff like music 
or step and fetching shows or shows way back during slavery and all about that or like drama stuff. So here it is. Even when you have the black people that had the power to have their own network, I feel they weren't doing the educational thing in droves like they should have. Okay. And I agree with you. I do agree with you. As I said a few moments ago, who owns media? It's a Jewish industry. They right. will always own it. Okay. So it's white folks and Jewish people. Okay. There are who? That's three, who owns everything. That's who owns right, everything. But at the end there of are the three, day, there are three, I believe three black media companies. Oprah right. Winfrey, which is owned, Tyler Perry, right. and right. and uh Byron Allen. That's right. it. Okay. Byron now, Allen is the man. <laughs> right. Okay. And remember, uh Kevin Hart is trying to come back on the scene and own a media company. He's not nearly the size of Tyler Perry, Byron Allen, or Oprah. Then right. you have then you have Tavis Smiley, and Tavis Smiley is trying to recover. He's it's a hard, hard, hard road for him right now. Okay. Oh, now right. let me and let me say this, and I hope they're listening because they need to deal with us. We're a media company. They need to deal with right. us. Okay. Right. And we're educating people. Okay. I'm pissed off with Oprah. I'm very so pissed I. off with okay. So I'm I. very pissed off with Oprah <laughs> because Oprah has she has a company that's probably got. 75% of her members of her company are white. Okay, that's always been a, a a fight. That's always been a topic of discussion because she hires a whole lot of white folks. But remember, she had to listen to white people because white people were telling her what to do. Discovery Channel, Disney. So she owes them a lot. So yeah, just, like, just like Gail. Gail is on channel two. Gail with her simple self would not have been on channel two without Oprah. Okay. So she's walking in Oprah's footsteps. They know how to bring each other up. It's just that they don't reach back into the community and bring each other up. Okay. That's the first thing. Here's the problem with Oprah. As far as I'm concerned. Yes. She's controlled at some level, but Oprah, when you look at the dichotomy of everything that she has done, it's more feminism. She, if you look at Oprah's history, she she has never been about bringing up the black race. She's been a, a, been about bringing up black women and tearing down black men. If you look at the, okay, if you look okay. at her entire, if you look at her entire history, because also, and like we were talking about earlier, as far as other groups, and I touched on this before, we have to start thinking as one. When black people ask for certain things, there's a lot of things, like when they say, let's do something for black people, black women always separate themselves. And, well, what about black women? And like I said, you don't hear when Jewish people ask for something, you don't hear Jewish women saying, well, what about Jewish women? When Italian women, when Italians ask for Look things, you don't hear Italian women saying, what about Italian women? When black people ask for stuff, there's a lot of times that black women, well, what about the black women? It's like that Fox Soul show I was watching one day, I said before, with Vivica Fox, um, uh, Veronica Jordan, and uh, Lisa Ray. When they were talking to Ice Cube about his contract for Black America, and he was doing all this for Black people, they waited until he finished, and, and they separated themselves. Yeah, all of that sounds good, but what about Black women? You don't hear any other race talking like that. And, and that's because Black women have people like, uh, what's her name? What is, uh, what's her name, Kenny? Um, Patrice Cullors. Oh, yeah. Okay, because black women, because black women look at people like 
Patrice Cullors, who says her mission in life, her mission on this planet is to make sure that the LGBT community is elevated. She wants to make sure that that gay and lesbians are elevated. She wants to bring them to the forefront and give them everything they need to be elevated. And she wants to destroy the Black family, the Western family, the patriarchal, okay, the patriarchal family. So it's on their mission statement. And and I have to say this, you brought up the Willie Willie Lynch, uh, you brought up the Willie Lynch letter, you brought up the time. Okay, where where is the BLM now that Emmett Till, that has been thrown out of court, they don't want to hear about it anymore. Okay. Well, the BLM and charter, Emmett, right. And the BLM. BLM. Yeah, the BLM charter, if you read their original charter, their original charter was just like what you said about Mrs. Colors. It's about bringing up the black, lesbian, gay agenda. If you look in their charter, it says nothing about the black family. No, it doesn't. Their, their term was queer affirming, and they got queer yeah. affirming around the right. entire yeah. Website yes. and Yolanda is correct. Chip is correct. Right. They had a specific statement that said, and I can't remember the exact words, but it said, "We're trying to get rid of the Western of the nuclear Western. family and the patriarchal structure." And that's the problem really? that we have with no Which to me with, is with with with, with, with nowadays. It. Nowadays, if you take abortion out of the equation, name a right that a man has in society today that a woman doesn't. There is none. The only difference is abortion. Well, let me let me jump in on here real quick, because 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 you're showing some really good, some good stuff there. Kenny. good job. When you look at the way because for me, it's always comes down to the system. Right. Whatever, wherever you go, you'll see a system at work and this system is set up a certain way. Right. We funnel black men through prisons. Uh, we make sure once they once they get arrested, they have a sheet. Now they can't vote. OK, so we imagine them that way. When you see somebody sagging, do you guys on this panel know where sagging comes from? Jail. Prison. prison, yeah. It's coming mm-hmm. from prison. prison. And you know yeah. what and you know what that means in prison? Availability. Yeah. You are available. You open for okay. business. So now the dudes come out of prison and now they're doing that in the street. You open for business. And the system is <laughs> and that's and the people who set up that yeah, right? The people who set up that system are laughing their asses off. They're like, "Wow, they fell for it again." Yes. Yes. And when you're talking yeah. about, you know, the, when, when, when you're talking about, you know, the old prison and 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 and, and these people, they're fi- they're in that same system. And this and and the way they go about it is they go in there and they're like, hey, you know, we only got room for the two of y'all, and you're the lucky one. We chose you, as opposed to them saying, keep that. I'm going to start my own thing over here. Because at the end of the day, whether it's the car we drive, the clothes we wear, the everything that it's still we still are judging our success by the white man's freaking uh, uh standard and black women black women have followed femi- the feminist movement forever and the feminist movement has done the least for them first wave feminism was great the woman could either stay in the home or raise the family second wave feminism came in and other women started downing women that stayed at home saying that something's wrong with you There's something if you wrong don't have a career and yeah. then third wave feminism came in and completely destroyed the black household. Because Having women believe you need a career, the government will take care of your kids while while you're at work, and you don't need a man. 
because we were told. What was that? What was that because, movie with James Earl Jones? Claudia. Claudine. Oh, Claudia. Was it Claudine? Claudine. Claudine. So Claudine. Kenny, Kenny, you, you you're a whiz right here. You really impressed me tonight. When you get a minute, let's take a look. Since since uh, uh, Russell brought in the, the the feminism and how feminism for black women is kryptonite to Superman. Just so you okay, know. Okay. okay you, but, hold on. When, Kenny, do me a favor. Take a look. What percentage of black women, Asian women, and white women voted for Donald Trump? Okay, and I'll you'll bring it up see okay. why voting is that important. Okay. But remember this. Back in the 70s, when feminism was hotter than fish grease, okay, everything back then was about women's liberation. Burn the bra. Burn the bra. Now folks can't got to find wheelbarrows to use for bras. Burn the bra, burn the bra, okay? Black women at that time felt like they wanted to be just like white women because white women were getting noticed. Because white women get this, white women get that. Well, they must be right because they're white women and they're talking about it. It must be right. We'll get, we'll be equal with them. We'll be on par with white women because we were told white women's ice is colder. White women right. have more than we do. So right. black women said, let's go with them. Let's do what and they at do. Same time, okay? at, that same, at that same exact time is when COINTELPRO came in and the Modern Commission and all that telling these same black women, you don't need a black man in the house. Get rid of him. We'll throw him in jail or whatever. We'll pay your rent. We'll give you food stamps. We'll do all of this other stuff. You don't need him. Right. Right. And then and then when Bill Clinton became president, then black women especially were told they could no longer have dozens of babies because they were only going to be on the county for five years. And then they had to go to work or they had to get off. But they could only be on welfare for five years. And black women had conniptions because they were no longer to stay on. Yeah, they were no longer to stay on welfare for generations and i know it was generations because i worked in lausd and i had kids who were generational welfare babies yeah i know a lot of them too okay i know a lot of them i know a lot of them Mm -hmm. so as far Mm -hmm. as i'm concerned good my thing is this okay because it didn't do anything for them or us okay you've got the stats for said uh said they're here um exit poll uh he's hang on a second um, black men, 80% for Clinton, black women, 94% for Clinton against Trump, Latino men, 62% for Clinton and Latino women, 68% for Clinton. Uh, I don't see Asians. I have to try to find Asians, but 94% of black women voted for Hillary Clinton, by the way. Only four percent voted, voted for, for him. Hillary. Right, and how many? And how many white women voted for Hillary? Uh, the, the number was fifty. Forty-three percent. Fifty-four percent of white women voted for Bill Clinton. Forty-three. 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 For Hillary. No, 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 no. Double check that. Are you talking about Bill Clinton? Hillary Clinton. Hillary Clinton. Hillary Clinton. Hillary Clinton. Double check Against that Trump. for me, Kenny. Double check that for me. But the bottom line is, to to, to Russell's point, that feminism only goes so far. Right. Because at the end of the day, when they were, when they had, because someone asked me, they were like, "Why do you think so many white women voted for 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 Trump?" I'm like, "Because they know him. That's their dad. That's their that's their brother. That's their cousin. That's their uncle. That's their boyfriend from high school and college." I had a woman telling me me how him talking about grabbing women by their private parts was just was, was, was just locker room talk. 
And I was like, I've been in many locker rooms in my life. How many have you been into? She's like, nothing. But this was the key point. She said, well, if you were to take what my husband says when he had a couple of scotches at the house, he'd be in trouble. What? So that's when it dawned on me, like, that's why they like this. They know this dude. They know this guy. And the, and, and the sisterhood, Asians, Black, Latinos, they stuck with, they, they stuck with Hillary. But that, but that, that, that feminism doesn't apply to them. That feminism only applies to those white women, and they voted for for Trump and got him in. Now they're talking about abortion. Well, y'all the ones that that let Barrett in. Y'all the ones that let uh, uh, you know he got to pick three Supreme Court justices. Right. And personally, Bill decimated the black neighborhood with his laws that he passed. The crime bill. The crime bill. The crime bill. The crack cocaine bill. All of that. Yeah. And but but remember, two million. That's right. Remember, he did all those things. But remember, at the same time that he was doing all those things, he was all over the country telling us, I'm Brother Bill. I'm your brother. I'm your brother. I can play the saxophone. He was an Arsenio playing the saxophone with sunglasses on. And he was going to Harlem. And he moved to Harlem. And all this. Meanwhile, he signed. I'm your brother Bill. Brother Bill. So again, we have to start understanding the power of our votes, the power of our economics the power that we have and stop giving everything away. We give our money away. We give our vote away. We give our kids away. We just give it. Damon Dash Dash had an interview where he said that a Jewish businessman was talking to him. And the Jewish businessman was like, we love black people. And he was like, why is that? He's like, y'all the only ones that just give us all your money. We don't even have to ask you for it. You willingly give it to us. And 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 Russell on a different podcast was talking about you know, when he was a police officer, and, and jump in, Russell, whenever you need to. When he was a police officer, he he went to a, a domestic a, a domestic violence type of call, and he sat out there and listened to this kid talk to his dad for about 10, 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. And then he right. went up in there and finished the story, Russell, because I know what I got out of that story. Um, yeah, I showed up there, and this kid was 15 years old, and he was sounding off on his father. It was 2, 2.15 in the morning. And the father said, listen, I'm not trying to lose my job or anything. All that I ask is that you come in this house no later than 10 o'clock at night at 15, which I also thought was strange. But I heard the son yelling, saying, you know what? I'll do what I want to do. If you don't like it, you can leave. So obviously the mother enabled that son terribly. So after I sat back and listened for five or 10 minutes, I knocked on the door. This was in the Queensbridge housing project, which is the biggest housing project in the United States to this day. And... I knocked on the door. The kid opened up the door. All of a sudden, his horns went away and his halo was out. So he's like, hey, officer. I said, shut up. I don't want to hear nothing you have to say. I walked right over to his father and I said, you have a belt? And he goes, yeah, why? I said, I'm going downstairs to finish my hot chocolate. I'm coming back up here in 15 minutes and I'm giving you 15 minutes to whip your sons behind. He goes, I'm not going to go to jail. I said, nope, you're not going to go to jail. He said, you know, I got other kids. I don't want to. I said, you have my word on it. I said, because that boy need his, his butt whipped. The way he was talking and everything, he has no respect for you at all. No respect for your authority because he knows that if you get arrested, you have a lot to lose. I'm giving you permission. I'm going downstairs to finish my hot chocolate. I said, do you have a belt? He goes, yeah. I said, let me see a belt. I looked at his belt. I said, no, you need a real belt. I gave him my, my leather gun belt, right? Went downstairs. Came back upstairs 15 minutes later. The kid was crying, holding his rear end. The father was like, I'm not going to jail, right? I said, nope, you're not going to jail. And then I looked at the kid and I said, 
I'm telling your father to go to court tomorrow and get a PINS warrant. P-I-N-S, it stands for person in need of supervision. I said, if I have to come back here at all about you, you are going right to Spofford, which is juvie, no questions asked. So I left. Three months later, I'm walking into the building. The father and the son are walking into the building and the, the son held the door for me. And when we were all waiting at the elevator, he said, ever since that night, my son's been in the house before 10 o'clock. And the first time in his life, he's a straight A student. Discipline. Now, yeah, Dis- but, but, discipline. But the discipline, but what did, what discipline. did you, I know what I got out of that story. What did you guys got out of that story? Sometimes discipline. the only way to be in control is to be out of control. <laughs> Dis- discipline. discipline. You know, discipline. children, children crave discipline. They, they don't even know. It. I remember I had a friend, buddy, I was about 15, 16 years old and he'd been in the fo- in and out of the foster system and I got in trouble for something at home and I can't remember the exact words, but he said, man, I wish I could, somebody would you know, care enough about me to have me in trouble because he would just do whatever. And again, he was in foster homes, so he didn't know. And I sat there and of course, 15, 16, you know, you're, you're upset about being in, in, in trouble, but it dawned on me at that young age that discipline kids needs discipline. And, and, and one thing I say that people laugh at sometimes yard work builds character. And I guarantee you all these gangbangers, all these yeah. kids running around with their pants hanging down their ankles, they're not doing any yard work. You get them no. boys out there doing that yard work, it will build their character. You yes, know? and we did have someone on the broadcast who goes around the country, especially the eastern border and the southern states. And this man was cutting lawns. And I don't recall his name at the moment, but he was cutting lawns for people. And this man was featured on Good Morning America because he just went around the country cutting yards. He would knock on the door and he'd say, I'm going to cut your yard, a black man. And the very reason he did it was simply because it built character. And there were a few boys who would see him cutting lawns in the neighborhood and they would join him because it built character. And this I'm sorry, it's funny, it's funny you're talking about yard work and you were talking about welfare. About 10 years ago in New York City, they started a program that if you lived in, if you were on welfare and you lived in a project or whatever, you had to now earn your welfare check. You had to go and clean up around the neighborhood and everything else. And you know what? It only lasted a month because these women that were on welfare said, no, that's not dignified. And, 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 you, know, and you know what? They listened to them and they stopped it. You're kidding. I kid, I kid you. That's not dignified. So it's, there's more dignity in sitting on a behind and watching the story and collecting a check from the government, letting the government control your life. Here's what I got. Here's what I got out of Russell's story. Okay. That father was emasculated. Right. Whether it's the mom, like Russell said, the mom coddled him and, and, and allowed the child to talk like that. That, that father was emasculated. The system that the father lived under made it so he had to think about, you know, if I do this, this is going to happen. And the son knew that if he does this, this is what's going to happen. And it took Russell, a person in a uniform, a person in authority, to give that man his manhood back. Okay, That's what he did. Right. Wait a, but wait a minute, Sid. Wait a minute. You said he was emasculated by the mother. He was emasculated by the mother. And okay, the what did the, and okay, the but where, where was the mother? Where was the mother in all of this? Russell, oh, no, she was she, yeah. No, she was home, and, 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 and she sat there and listened to the kid talk to the father like that. Okay, so if when the she... kid, I'm sorry, when the, kid, when the kid told the father, I'm living here, if you don't like it, you can leave, 
I think that was the time for her to step in, but she said nothing. Okay, so if the boy does not listen to the father, do you think the boy's going to listen to the mother? Yeah, but how did he get that way where he could sit up there and say that the father, the leader of that house, can leave and think that the mother would be okay with that? Right, yeah. I I, I agree with Russell. Yeah, yeah. The, the, okay. mother, the mother was and, definitely complicit in the emasculation. At, right? that's, the, that's what I'm getting at also as far as the system also emasculates, right? Because the system says... And the kid knew, you touch me, I, I call the police, you're going to go away. And you lose your job. And the, and the dad was thinking, well, I could lose my job, I have other children I got to worry about, and all this other stuff. And, it's, and it was Russell in, 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 in his uniform and his gun belt. <laughs> right, <laughs> that right. straightened the situation out. Right, right. And so well, that's what I'm saying. You start young. Like, my, like I said, my son was like one, two years old. He didn't even know what the hell a business was, but he knew at nine he had to write a business plan. Right, right. And there's so many things that we're missing nowadays that if we had an opportunity to bring those things back or if we had an opportunity to create dignity in families and we didn't have the dissension and all of the 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 the, the dysfunction going on that we could fix this. But right now, as we started saying at the beginning of the show, the only way for us to change God has to step in. God is always here, but God has to step in. Chauncey and I were having a conversation earlier, and I can't find anybody that disagrees with that. I, I, I would, I would, but we don't have time because we yeah, got candy God on now. In, but also remember, prayer without works is dead. Yeah, 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 yeah. Too, I think too many people are sitting around waiting on God to do something and not doing anything about it. Right. We have and to. We do can't it. wait. Yeah, we, we can't. We we have to do something for ourselves. Did Candy? God did you have something to say? Go ahead, Candy. Candy. Let me tell you, I'm loving this conversation <laughs> because. Um, the destruction of the family is real, you know, and and we're not addressing it. We're not talking about it. You know, we're we are we've lost focus. So we're talking about um, um, black on police on black crime, black on black crime, uh, white on black crime. But if we get back to the family, that's where we really got to go. We got to go back to the family because see when we had a real family and a family structure and let me just be very clear your family can look like anything but we've lost the the most important part of the family and that is the respect mm -hmm. we don't know what respect is we stop uh spanking our kids yeah there's always been people who've been abusing kids but when a kid thinks that they can have a say so and they think that their word is more important than everybody else, that's a problem. Now, we should pay attention to the children, and the children should have some sort of say. But to tell the daddy you could go and the mama don't say anything? Oh, no. Right. That never happen. Yeah, yeah. And, I, agree with that. I agree with everything she's saying, but I would just clarify more when you say that family could look like anything. Uh, I think no matter how that family looks, you need a male and a female role model. If your father ain't there, you need uncles. You need you need somebody, but you need the yin and the yang. Because at the end of the, at the end of the day, like I raised my kids, right? Mm -hmm. My daughter and my son. My son was special needs. I could teach my daughter how to function and do anything in life, but I could not teach her how to be a woman. 
Yes, just that's like right. There is no there is no woman that could teach a, a boy how to be a man. She that's could teach true. him how to she could teach him how to be functional, right. but but when he when that testosterone start kicking in and everything else, if she ain't going upside his head, she better give him to another man, whether that be oh. an uncle or somebody else. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. There has to be some male and female role models. You know, we have a, a conference. It's called Promoting Healthy Manhood. And let me tell you something. There is not a single woman that speaks at that conference because oh. it's not talking about promoting healthy womanhood. Yeah. It's talking about promoting healthy manhood. And a man, in order for a boy to be a man, he's got to see a man. He's got to watch that That's man. Right. And And as much as I love men, my husband, my son, they are black men. But yet and still, when my son, there's certain things that my son did as he was growing up that I didn't have any say so on. That was my husband who handled that. And then there are certain things that my daughters, I was the say so, but my husband didn't. And now you see the results that my daughters are, you know, exactly who they should be. And my son is exactly who he should be. You need to have that man, that male influence. because. First off, when we look at men, we typically, we look at men as providers. We look at women as the protector. And if we don't have the provider and protector in the home, then we have chaos in the home. And and that is a problem. That's true. And and unfortunately, and I'm going to let you speak, Russell, let me just get this point out. It's unfortunate that we've lost the men in the home. And the reason we lost the men in our home, it goes back to systematic racism, systematic uh, abuse and violence. There was a purposeful, intentional plan to take Black men out of the home. Yeah, I yes. And yeah. once they left, then there was a plan to to destroy and destruct the women so that right. we can eliminate the family. And mm-hmm. so there have been a lot of women that have had to raise their children on their own. There've also been some men that had to raise their children on their own, but we got to figure out how can we heal from the past pain and trauma, forgive ourselves, forgive each other and figure out how can we work together so that we can build our family. We've allowed that to become the norm. That's the problem. You know, we've allowed that to be the default. It has become the default in many of our communities that it is a single mother. How many times have you heard a football player? He does something great. First thing he does is come. Yeah, I did great. I was raised by my grandmother. Right. And right. that, right. that, that, that is the common story. And it, it, it happens. People break up, families break up. That happens. But the fr- fact that it has become the default, I think is the biggest problem. That means no men in the home and no men in the home means young black boys growing up, not knowing how to be, you can't be it if you can't see it. Right. You know, and, 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 and to that point, first of all, Russell, Colette is trying to get your information. Answer the answer the uh, answer the chat. And what I'm going to say and what I'm going to say is this. And, and I keep bringing it back, keep bringing it back to systems. I keep bringing it back to systems. It was systematic. Uh, uh, like that sister just said just now, it was systematic to remove the men, the, the black men from the home. Then when that uh, uh, phase was complete, then it was about destroying the woman that was left in there. And once that phase was complete, the family was broken. And every single black person, if you just got here yesterday, if you've been living here your whole life, you're, you're walking around with PTSD. Yeah. 
And the, and uh-huh. what that and what this lady said, what the lady just said before. I'm sorry, I forgot your name, sister. But what it's she just him. said just now is we need to forgive ourselves and we need to start the healing process and stop blaming. And then most importantly, stop comparing ourselves to something that's impossible. We're not sitting here trying to. We're not sitting here. You you. Why are you wearing a two hundred dollar Gucci belt? Right. And you live in and you live in the hood. You're taking the train. You got to watch your back to make sure nobody knock you over the head with that damn belt. Right. And let me tell you something, brother. My name is Candy, first off. And second off, we are not in PTSD. Please forgive me. I'm sorry. That means that it's post. We are in CTSD. Continued traumatic stress disorder. I see what you did there. Here's the bigger problem. Here's the bigger problem with this, because I've always said, and I've said this in previous podcasts, every civilization and every culture that has a, a family structure will always outlast the other ones that don't. But here's the other problem. In addition to feminism and 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 the LGTB, right now the problem that's here now is masculinity itself is under attack. So when you hear all of this toxic masculinity nonsense and all of that, what they're trying to do is to make you feel that if you're a man, the way that you are designed is wrong. Even when you see in school, they want all of the boys to sit still like they're automatons and everything else like that, and just taking the information, and they treat it differently than the girls are. Boys are different, the difference between estrogen and testosterone. But right now, when you look at things, and especially a lot of people, like you said, watch TV and stuff like that, everything pertaining to being a man is designed to be wrong. And that's where, when you couple the LGTB and feminism, they're attacking masculinity. So as a man, when you do what is innate in you, to 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 correct a certain situation, you're looked at as wrong. No, sir. You're looked at as criminal. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> it's, it's okay. Hey, let me tell you so, something. You so, can tell me I'm wrong all day. Right. But when you turn it into a criminal act, that's when the freedom gets taken away. That's when that's part and parcel. What's most in, the most important part about destroying this family? is making it criminal. Like we were talking, yes. like I was saying earlier before, when it was just black people smoking weed, criminality. When it yeah. was black people with opioids, criminality. Now mm-hmm. everyone's smoking weed, legal le- le- legality. Now right. that these, 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 these kids in the middle of the country are getting addicted to these opioids, now we're building, we're building hospitals. Yeah. We're building jail cells. Yeah. That's, yeah. The, that's the part of the system. I keep bringing that word up. Dysfunctioning system. It's a dysfunctional system and it's by design. And as long as the system exists the way it is, and we talking about voting and how it affects, you know, everything from the potholes on your street to the to the crumbling schools that you have to Flint, Michigan's water. Yeah. Hello. Simple as water. Yeah. Hello. Right. And Flint, Michigan's water. And and how and how do we continue? to allow things to happen and we choose not to do anything about it or we do it in silos. We do it silently. We because don't, we don't, I'm sorry, we, because we don't know how to work together. We don't want to work together. We think that if Colette, if you and I were to um, um, do this workshop together, there's going to be a problem because see, how, why are you, uh, why are you speaking more minutes than me? Or, or, or why why is your picture bigger than me? See, we, we're focused on stupid stuff. 
Yeah. We need to figure out how can we collectively, because see, people don't understand the power of collective bargaining, collective, um, put it, if we put our money together, if you got a dollar, I got a dollar, that's $2 versus you showing up and you only got a dollar. It doesn't work. You just when right. you, Somebody was talking about, it was a comedy show and they were talking about how certain cultures will uh, buy a house. Mama, daddy, grandma, grandpa, the kids, everybody, aunts and uncles, and everybody's staying in that house and in the garage until they save enough money and they go buy a second house and a third house. Those are the Koreans that do that. Mm -hmm. Huh? The Koreans do that. One of my really good friends, uh, one of my really good friends is Korean, and he was explaining is they buy the house and they start everybody Mm -hmm. or relatively close. And they buy another house. And instead of four families in one house, you got two families in one house. Because the eventuality, the goal is for each family to have their own house. Meanwhile, as they're doing that, everybody works in that business. See, what you just said, Candy, is right, is smack on point to what I'm talking about. We've been so brainwashed and we've been so, again, what do you see from the time you get to the hospital until you're 15, 16, 17 years old. Yes, the Indians do it too. Uh, uh, not Native Americans, but Indians do that too. Mm-hmm. Thank you. The what Chinese about do it too. The Chinese do it too. It's called a susu. Correct. And guess who doesn't freaking do it? We don't. We don't. We don't. Because Candy, don't. Candy, don't. Candy just said something, and I and I didn't want to interrupt you. I almost did, but I was being uh, respectful. You said, you come in with a dollar, I come in with a dollar. Now we got $2. People we just talked about sees it. The right. way we've been conditioned to see it is, mm-hmm. You, she's got a dollar. I got a dollar. But if I rob her, I'm gonna have two dollars. Okay. But the other thing she brought, the other thing she brought up was barking up the wrong. We fight. So many of us fight the wrong battles. That's right. People, I read these articles. People upset talking about Bruno Mars is appropriating our culture, and Kim Kardashian is wearing braids, and she's a. Who gives a rat? This is the biggest thing you've got to worry about, that Kim Kardashian is wearing some braids. And let me bring up another thing right here. We had talked about BLM earlier. I want to show you something. They've got BLM demands. They had a list of demands. They took it. Now they got some BLM demands, convicting, ban Trump. Yeah, I'm not going to go over all of them. But you know who who has list of demands? Terrorists and kidnappers. Right. And you know why they can, so but you know why they can do that? So because they have something of value that you want. Black Lives Matter doesn't have anything that they're bargaining with. They've got right. all this stuff. They put this out. It, it means absolutely nothing. If this right. was written on paper, it would be a waste of paper. So we've got but people barking up the, the wrong trees. Here's the leverage that we do have. Here's the leverage we do have. Russell and I, we talked about this, I don't know how many goddamn on times. Uh, a couple of a couple, and I'm not minimizing this, mind you. I'm not minimizing this. A couple of people, Asian people, got pushed around, shoved around, completely wrong, completely, you know, what? Within two months, there was an anti, there was the yeah. anti-Asian, uh, anti-violence against Asians. Yep. Within two months, yep. Right. right. The, right. A couple of Jews had the same thing going on. Where right. here in Fairfax yes. and in New York City, within a few weeks, yes, there was extra patrolling. There was all this stuff going on. We watched a man, and thank God there was a 17-year-old girl with the, uh, with the frame of mind to sit there and videotape this. We, we, watched, we watched Chauvin murder somebody. Right. With a smile on his face. Yeah. And we still can't get the anti-lynching uh, law. Why right. is that? Because those other groups I just mentioned, if they don't get what they want, they don't have demands. Like, 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 like he's saying, with, with the, like the terrorists have demands. They go, oh, no, 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 no. We're taking our business elsewhere. 
Right. We're not you're not getting you're not yep. getting the donations, you're not getting our votes, and you're not gonna get our support. Bada bing, bada boom. Well, you know what? We gotta we gotta be away. honest. We have to remember that first off, we don't vote. We don't right. vote the way we should. Some of us vote, but most for the most part, we don't vote, or if we do vote, we only vote for the president thinking that right. the president has power. And That's it why is I'm not here. in the presidential candidacy where there is power. We also um we forget, you know, everyone says, Oh, I want to do better, I want to do better for my kids, but then we stop making our kids responsible and accountable. Exactly. And so then the babies don't know that they have a responsibility. I forget, um, who is that? Shaq said, I'm rich, my kids are not. My right. kids have to yeah, work. He just said that recently. Yeah. Shaq just what JC Penny. Uh, okay, I'm just and, say and remember, and but remember, remember. Uh, Warren Buffett, Warren Buffett. Thank you. I was just okay. about to bring him up. Yeah, Warren Buffett will not. He he went on record, and so did his granddaughter. Warren Buffett's granddaughter was on on sixty Minutes, and she said, "I'm his granddaughter, but he doesn't give me anything. Uh, I have to work for everything." Mm-hmm. When I got right. here, to, when I got here to USC, he didn't get me into USC. I had to get in on my own accord. Okay, yeah. it, it was I not anything that I did. Okay, so Warren Buffett. <laughs> Warren Buffett is very clear. He is not going to make it easy. He's not going to give just because he's Warren Buffett. He's not going to do that. But we have, we think that the obligation is someone else's to us. We don't think that we are obligated to do anything for ourselves. Okay. I want to say this. I want to say this quick too. I don't want to hear another black person talking about white people appropriating black stuff when they're walking around wearing blonde wigs and blue eyes. Thank you. And, yep. co- and contacts and stuff like that. Yep. That's Thank just you. hypocrisy yep. and it's also Thank stupid. You. Thank you. And the, the other part of hypocrisy is I have a huge and a, and it, it's let's call it personal, although it isn't personal. I have a gigantic problem with with the programs, the the reality shows, because of it's what trash it, to be. Oh they're trash. My God, it's they're trash. all trash. Yes, they're Sid all trash. Sid laughs at me all the time. And Sid laughs at me all the time. When I right. say, if, if you're not here to learn, go watch Love and Hip Hop. Yes, and it tears up our communities because young people look at that crap and they try their best to identify with that crap. And then not only that, you have other people that are people who are in, in position and in power who look at that and say, see, look at these fools. That's what they acting do. Acting a fool acting a clown and that's why we we are not taken seriously that is why they feel like they can say and do anything to us and there's always someone there's always someone that is going to say yes master i'm gonna do that dance for you yeah and there's not just one person there's a whole bunch of i have so i have a question for you ladies yes when i was growing up if there was a uh, a younger sister that was stepping out of line with her clothes or whatever, the older women checked her. What happened to all that? Because we got scared. Yeah, People got scared. You can't say anything. Okay, so I'm going to take it back. As I said, I grew up, when I got out of high school in 1976, um, Angel Dust was on the streets. Um, right. Pack cocaine was just about to pop off. And so right. we lost 
a lot of history, the history that we had come up with because drugs eroded our, our community um, and racism and, and a whole bunch of other things. But people stopped really the way we wanted because I have pictures of myself where for years, all I wore, and somebody was laughing the last time, um, where my top, I always wore these tops with my top tied up and my stomach was showing and I had on some short shorts with the little pockets hanging out. But no, also, no, last time I asked for pictures, that's what that was. <laughs> I forgot, I'm afraid you're going to Kenny, you a fool, man. <laughs> here's the deal. I was respectful. I wasn't, I wasn't walking around like, you know, um, showing everything. Even though my belly was showing, my whole body was covered up except for my big old thighs. They was out. So um, I got a question, Candy, about so that. I have a question so about that. Yes. I have a question about that. Yes. How old were you around that time? Oh, I was between 16 and 18. Mm-hmm. Okay. And, and, and were you twerking? Oh no! What? What? No, no, because uh, one of my friends is listening to this to this to this broadcast right now. Yes. And her sixteen-year-old daughters went to a six a sweet sixteen party. Right. And she showed me videos of them twerking. Of these girls, no, these girls put a chair in the middle of the dance floor. Right. Put a boy on that chair in that chair. No, they did not. Oh yes, they did. Oh, no, they did oh yes, they did, and they were twerking, and, twer- and 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 they were twerking, and they took turns twerking. No, yes. they did not. Yes, yes they, they did. did, and they got. Hold on now, they got on the floor. Yeah, they did. They got on the floor. All that they- was missing was somebody throwing some dollar bills. No, uh-huh. they were showing them what their mama was working with. Let me tell you. Guess what? So hold up. Guess what? What? The, parent, the mom was right there. Yep. What? Yeah. The mom How does a woman expect a guy? How does a woman expect a guy to respect her when she can't respect herself? And part right. of that problem also, part of that problem also, you got these young ladies like that having babies and they want to be their daughters, friends instead of their mothers. Correct. And so to to Russell's question, look, 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 look. <laughs> Kenny's a fool. Let me tell you something. <laughs> It, to, to Russell's question, when look, did they stop checking these key kids? Look, look, I, 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 because, okay, so let me tell you, anytime you find something, you're going to find why there's a reason for it. So you hear people say that um, twerking uh, was something that was done. Um, throughout the history of Black people in Africa, but there is a difference yeah. between what they did in oh, Africa you got to be. versus Kenny, this. Where thing. did you find this? this I don't believe girl this is the, the Cardi B thing. Oh my! Let me tell you, God. the city girls, the so, city girls, so, he's showing, they're all over so, YouTube. They're all over YouTube, being the antithesis of everything you do not want to see your daughter being. Exactly. Oh, and then, and they, they, there's no, I guarantee you there's not a father in the household of any of them girls. Yeah. And you're talking about this is happening with girls as young as 9, 10 years old. That's crazy. What is it that you're seeing from the time you leave the hospital and you go to that black community? What do you see? You see a 9-year-old twerking. Well, this must be cool. You see a 10-year-old, 13, 14, 16-year-old twerking. Mom, 
and she twerking. And she's twerking. Okay, but let me. And she try to go after the. Let me. You know what? Let me say this, y'all. If somebody calls one of those heifers out of their name, they are going to be pissed off. Okay, so no, because they, they all call each other that let me, anyway. Let me speak up for the side of the ladies. Let go me speak ahead, up for ahead. the side go. of the ladies. Okay. Okay, Those so are, first off. Candy, I, I can't call them lady. I'm sorry. I, I'm going to call everyone a lady. Okay, so they may okay. not act like a lady, but they are ladies. Okay and, okay. and I won't call them anything less. They just don't know. Okay. Now, what happens is, let me just be for real, real. And um, when we talk about and this is what I know for a fact. With black women and black girls, the likelihood of those girls being sexually assaulted at a young age is very high and very probable. So when we look at sexual assault and violence, we are looking at, for a fact, the black girls, there's a pandemic on sexual assault and domestic violence, but there is an even greater problem when we look at the homes of black girls also because a lot of times either that man is not there or the mother who is looking for a provider and a protector has allowed someone to come in in that home and also because you know we in some cases we say well we want the father or the grandfather here and it doesn't matter what how or why and we're watching these girls be sexually assaulted when you look at the number of no ma'am, no ma'am, we're oh, preparing yes, them to be sexually. No, we're preparing to, them to be sexually. Yeah. No, 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 excuse me, excuse me. I do this work every day for a living. Most mm-hmm. girls who are sexually assaulted get sexually assaulted between the ages of one and five years old. Good they get Lord. sexually assaulted no. between the ages of one and five years old. Then they continue to be sexually assaulted over and over again. So by the time they get to be 11, 10, 11 years old, they say to themselves, daddy, uncle, brother, cousin, neighbor, mama, her girlfriend, her boyfriend has sexually assaulted me. So F it. I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to twerk. I'm going to get my money. I'm going to go ahead and do this because they think this is what they're supposed to do. Because that is what they've been set up for. And you did say something that's true. We um, we are promoting the violence. We are allowing the violence. And we are grooming our kids for violence. And that's so the point that they, I was making. Huh? That's, that's, the point I was, that's the point I was trying to make right there. Yes, sir. Now that's but here's true. the other point to that. Here's the other point to that. While I give you that there is a percentage of the sexual assault thing that you were talking about, and I dealt with a lot of that as a retired police officer. I dealt with a lot of that. However, that is a percentage of it. But another bigger percentage of it is why TikTok and Instagram exist. You have so many girls, whether it's not daddy being there or some of the fathers are there. You have so many women nowadays seeking attention and validation, and now they have the outlet to do it whether it's Instagram, whether it's whatever. So when you couple that with peer pressure and that's what's going on around them, then that this is the end result. Right. And then you also have, it wasn't as bad, but let me tell you when it really got crazy. When that dang Miley Cyrus got up on stage and half twerked, if that's what you call it. Um, and everybody says, oh, look at Miley. And then it became like a normal, okay, yeah, everybody can do it. No, sir. No, ma'am, not my kids. But also the difference. No, ma'am, we got to learn how to teach our young ladies and our young men how to be children, 
how to act accordingly, respectfully. And there's just some things that you should, you can't do. Like when I was growing up, I am so thankful there was no, my mother told me, you bet not, you bet not let me see you out on these streets, acting a certain way, dressing a certain way, talking a certain way. And you better not come in this house thinking that you're going to do all of that. Also, my, my rules were when you leave out this house, you, whoever you left with, you come back with. And also that there's no evidence. You can't be out here taking pictures. And, but now these kids think, oh, okay, well, look, everything is tight and right and is where it's supposed to be. So I'm going to take a picture because everybody says, oh, it's cute. It's normal. It ain't cute. I wanted to say this about Miley Cyrus when she did the whole twerking thing with Robin Thicke. The difference between her doing it and these girls doing it is that in, in the white community, they've got your Sandra Bullocks and your Merle Streeps and, and all of these respected women that offset that. So they can afford to have a Miley Cyrus and a few that are doing these things because that does not appear. And the narrative is not that that is the norm. The narrative right. here is that this is what black girls do. You that know? is true. And so there, there's a there's a huge difference between that. And it's just like people say, you know, 80% of hip hop is sold to young white kids. And that may be true. I don't know. But guess what? At the end of the day, when those white kids go home, it's all leave it to Beaver. Okay? They're going to college. They're getting educations. They're not trying to live. They may listen to some of the most hardcore gangster rap, but they're not trying to live that lifestyle, they're not walking around with their pants around their ankles and they're not getting jacked up by the police and they're not going out and shooting each other. That's the big, biggest difference. So when they do it, it's a little bit different. Well, let me say a lot different than when we do it because of the narrative. And here's, the Actually, point, here's, the point, here's the point to bring Kenny's point home as far as what they do and what they accept. You mentioned Molly Cyrus, right? Molly Cyrus really mainstreamed it, but believe it or not, Carmen Electra was twerking before Miley Cyrus when she yeah. was in the Pussycat Dolls. Yes, this is true. So, yeah, there's, there's, a, there Colette, is. you're on mute. Okay, let me say this. Oh, I'm sorry, Candy. I'll, I'll give no, it to you. No, it's okay. Okay. Remember, all of these things can be a part of, of our narrative because we don't dispute it. And we have so many folks who say that this is what we do. They put us out front, up front, center, and we go to it. Look at Megan the Stallion, who just got shot in the foot. Look at her and Cardi B on stage at one of the award shows. It was the most disgusting display of, I don't even know what to call it. It wasn't a performance. It was vulgarity. That's what it was. And then it was Cardi B that did the spoof on Coretta Scott King. And all she did was come back a day or two later and say, oh, yeah, I apologize. I can't figure out why black folks even allow her in the black community. I don't know. I don't understand it because I can't stand her. Okay. But we allow these things. (laughs) Yeah. We allow these things and we don't do anything about it. Well, let let, let me say this. But wait a minute. Hold on. Hold on, Seth. We don't do anything about it. We allow the destruction. We allow the destruction Every time you look around, we don't hold each other accountable. That's because we don't know who we are. We don't know precisely what it is. We don't know who we are. And we don't know how to hold each other accountable because we don't want to be afraid. God forbid somebody, we tell the truth or we don't want anybody to hear or see us tell the truth because the truth is a lie. 
Because as long you know as what? you believe the truth, as long as you believe that lie, that's your truth. But you know what? And you guys have heard me say this on previous podcasts. It's not like the blueprint isn't there. You don't have to be Muslim, but look how the Muslim community rolls. You don't see no Muslim women twerking. You don't see them up in no, family you court. Like no, that. you don't. You don't That's see right. them with all that nonsense all over YouTube because they roll the way with dignity and pride the way black people should be. Right. Great. And, and guys, I'm going to have to sign off here soon. My son has a performance. He plays a French horn and he's about don't to have his first. Yeah, he's about to have his first performance. What I say to you guys is at the end of the day, we need to start making our voting power count. We have to yes. make our economics powers, powers count. Oh, look and, at that. And with, look at that. Oh, God. Kenny, Kenny on fire tonight. Yeah. <laughs> I love you, Russell. I'll talk to you tomorrow. I love okay. you, too. Okay. All right, peace. And, and this, instead of Black folks standing up and, and really denouncing this and telling folks this was a horrible performance, this, when Debbie Allen... Was, choreograph- was choreographing all of the award shows. You never saw anything like that. You never was saw... Was that on BET? No, that was on Channel 7, I think. That was the Grammy Awards. Yeah, that was the oh Grammy. Yeah. Wow. You never saw Debbie Allen choreograph anything that vulgar. Not even no, she close. Wouldn't. She would have never done that. But somebody no. allows Cardi B and Megan the, the idiot, the horse, to do this kind of stuff... And everybody is supposed to just like it. And it, it, it's what we do. It's what we do. And they call that talent. It's they not call talent. that talent. It that's is not, not talent. That's vulgar. By the way, I'm reading but something here that I did not know. Apparently, Cardi B was pregnant when she did this. Wait, wait, say that again, Kenny. Apparently, Cardi B was pregnant when they did this. Yeah. But this is also what happens when you let stripper culture take over. Because they and were both stripping. That's it. And, it, and yeah. it has taken over. Because we have allowed, we've said that this is okay. We've said that this is okay because, you know what, it, it's entertainment. They're just doing what they do. They, at least they're getting paid. So we make excuses for mm-hmm. all of these things, for not having any dignity. We make excuses because integrity is not important. Morals and standards, the fundamental aspect of, of a human life no longer matters. It's about the body dollar. I'm sorry. Not only that, they were quick to throw Bill Cosby in jail. Now, I'm yes. not going to say whether or not he was right, he was wrong, whatever, because I don't know all of the particulars on the case. I just know there were allegations made. Half of them uh, got thrown out. Some he got charged with. But Cardi B has a video that's been on YouTube for a couple of years admitting to being a criminal where when she was stripping with her friend, they were leading guys to their room, having the guys thinking they were going to have sex. They would drug the guys when the yep. guys would pass out. Yep. They would rob them and take their stuff. Now, this is a self-admission that's all over YouTube. But do you see her getting pressed on it? No. On, 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 on all of these shows, the daytime shows, the view and all of that, they bashed R. Kelly and bashed Bill Cosby to the end. The Cardi B one, everyone knows about it, and they're all tight-lipped. Okay, well, listen to this. Cardi B was right when she implied that people pay more attention to her songs if it's about sex than anything else. She's put out plenty of non-sexual content, but many don't blow up. They aren't even in heavy rotation on the radio. Megan is the same. When she is spitting bars on her early tracks, not as many listeners or go to check her out 
because then check out her actual talent. But now that her singles are about TNA, suddenly people are for it. What is TNA? You know, <laughs> you know, boobs the and butts that's growing on your chest and on your behind. Yeah. Right. I mean, <laughs> that's nothing new. Sex has always sold. But the problem is, is, the problem is, if I make songs about sex and sex sells, that's one thing. Doesn't mean I'm getting up on stage showing my body. So, you know, and we do have the power. We just don't exercise it. Okay. If you remember about three years ago, there was this um, guy, they were going to do a talk show. And it was this one guy who had like five, eight, nine different women and had kids with all of them. And they were going to do um, like a reality show oh, and they were going to all live together. That and was black the, uh... people said, no, not today. You won't do this today. This was and some black people? And on the air. Was black we people? don't stand up and speak up enough to and to come together uh, collectively to, to shut all of this nonsense down. Because look, I'm going to say this. You may not believe it, but Cardi B, Megan Thee Stallion, they have nothing to do with this. It is the people in power with the money in the radio industry, in the television industry, and everywhere else who said this is what we want, and either you do it or you don't, and if you don't, we're going to go someplace else. We're going to get somebody else up in here. Yeah, but that's a choice that you have to make. Like, yeah. I'll, give you an exa- I'll give you an example, even though Cardi and Megan aren't talented, like, say, Prince or somebody else. But you have a lot of artists out there that are, like, Prince. Prince said, I'm not going commercial. I'm making the music that I want, and he brought the masses to him. You have actors and actresses. You have actresses that said, I'm taking on movie roles, and I'm not posing nude, and I'm not doing sex scenes. And they still made it because they stood on their square. Mm-hmm. But... But it's not a stretch to say, you know what, she used to be a stripper, so let me go and have her do this. So she's going to take the path of least resistance. So yeah. it's not hard for her to get up in the in mass and show her body because that's her nature of where she came from, a stripper. But but there are a lot of women like Missy Elliott, a Queen Latifah, and a lot of them that reach their superstar status and maintain their class and dignity about themselves. But it also but it also perpetuates that negative narrative in our community. Right. So it's easy. So they make sure they get narrative. them paid. And this is like I brought up the, the the stat earlier about the number of rappers killed. You know, they continue this 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 negative, whether it's the negative gangster rap, whether it's the and, and, and we have been over sexualized since we've been on this continent. Okay. So right. this is the over sexualization mm-hmm. and uh, of of black women. You know, this is what they're there for, just to twerk their butts. And right. it'd be seen as completely oversexed objects. And the other thing about Miley Cyrus, she was pretty much the only one doing it. But this is all over the place. You know. Right. It's so, all over the place. And and it's it's unfortunately it's it is accepted. It's accepted and it becomes part of the culture. We're supposed to like it because it's the culture. We don't even know what our culture is nowadays because we were told that hip hop is a culture, rap culture. That's not a culture. That's not a culture. Well, but well, there, hip-hop, but, is a, hip-hop is a culture. Rap isn't a culture. Hip-hop okay. is a culture. Hip-hop is a genre, and that's it. Hip-hop no. is simply... Okay, rap music is a genre. Hip-hop culture, which started in New York that I grew up in, is, is not just music. It is an actual culture. It was a mind state. It was art. It was graffiti. It was about talking about the struggles of what happened. That was hip hop. Uh, hip hop. 
it got co-opted by rap where the lyrics went somewhere else. But hip-hop itself is an actual culture. Rap isn't. Okay, but how can hip-hop be a culture? We're going to have to save that for the next time. Hip-hop was a culture that was started by inner-city youth that could not afford to play instruments and and put their voice out there. So they took two turntables and created their own style of music to tell their story. That's how that culture came about. It's no different than... And that becomes a culture. I thought a culture was actually part of heritage. I thought that it was something that... Yeah, but a heritage had to start somewhere. Or heritage has to start somewhere. Absolutely. But are you... Would you say that hip-hop is a heritage? Yes. No. No, yes. 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 And I'll tell you why. Pick any heritage that you can talk about. It had to have a starting point. Absolutely. Black people, black people, the African-American community has a heritage. Hip hop right. does not have a heritage. Okay, let's we, let's save it for the for the next conversation because we okay. are yes. uh, at the top of the okay. hour. But yes. it's it's candy. This, you know what, uh, uh, Russell, and mm-hmm. everybody on this on this broadcast, we have had a great. I love this, this has been fantastic. Fantastic <laughs> conversation. I am so glad. Yes. I am so glad. Hey Russell, I love yeah. it when you and said come on here, man. There's some great conversations when we uh when we do this. Oh, thank you. I, I appreciate you being here as well, Russell. It was a pleasure meeting you, Candy. Oh, and Candy, thank you for indulging all of us on on your time. Thank you, Candy. You know what? Collective effort. Absolutely, absolutely. Candy, thank you so much. And Colette, thank you. And so, um, as the host of this show, I really want to thank everyone who has been here, who's been listening in, who has um, added to the conversation. And just remember that no matter what your past looks like, that's in your past. Your future is bright and brilliant if you want it to be. Know that you are loved and respected and appreciated. And I just want you to walk into walk into the light. Walk into the light. Absolutely. And season's greetings, everyone. I, this is our last show for the year. And I pray that you are safe. I pray that you continue to be blessed and blessed more abundantly than you have been in the past. Have a blessed day. Absolutely. Peace and love and happy holidays to all of you. Absolutely. Happy holidays to everybody. Be safe. Remember, we are not out of the woods. It is still COVID, and they're talking about shutting everything down. Colleges and universities are shut down. A school in Dallas has been shut down. So just look. Please wear a mask. Please get vaccinated. Please do what's right and responsible. And I'm not going to tell you that that getting a vaccination is the right and responsible thing to do, but now it is. We need to do something. God has got to bring us to a point where we can get past this. Happy holidays, everybody. Merry Christmas. Please be safe. Wear a mask. Get a vaccination. Do what's right and responsible. Thank you, everybody. We'll see you in the new year. It's been great. I love you all. It's really been great. Thank you so much. Merry Christmas, everybody. Russell, Sheila will be giving you a call. Good night, all. Good night, all. Take care. Good night. Good night. Good night. Good night, Candy. I'll talk to you soon.